And this is some little known. You know, the day I was researching the Great Cheddar War, you know, led by Mr. Excuse me, not Mr., but Lord Cuthbert Fritzwagel. Oh, no. Um, I also looked up some local history, and it turns out that, yes, they did think Waverly was part of Pennsylvania. And then they decided to move the the state line, you know, about a half to three quarters of a mile south. So then Waverly was in New York. Okay. Unfortunately, the town had sent all their tax money by horse and buggy to Harrisburg, the state capital of Pennsylvania. Yeah. And then New York was like, hey, where's our tax money? So they came in and got everything. And the only thing that was left for that year in Waverly were rutabagas. So it was called the year of the sad rutabaga because that's all they had to live on till the next harvest. Story's taking a lot of turns. And if you think about it, Tim, you know, yeah. and then there was a law put on the books that rutabagas were banned in Waverly. And if you think about it, did you ever have a rutabaga in Waverly? I never had a rutabaga in Waverly. <laughs> it's true. So I think there's something, I think there's some truth to that. Were they deemed evil? They were deemed evil. It was the year of the sad rutabagas. Okay. It was the, it was the <laughs> high school uh, sports well, mascot for a little while, and then they changed it to the Wolverines. Yeah, they wanted a little, yeah, the Waverly Sad Rutabagas. And I thought, nah, let's go for a little alliteration and we'll call it the uh, Wolver, we'll call it the Wolverines. Okay. Because Rutabagas do not attack people. It's the SETI Bimco Show with your hosts, Tim and John. This week, pet rocks. They're not just for stonings. Well, this is the SETI Bimco Show where we talk about tragedy and I mean high school tragedies in real people and in the movies we're skipping a guest two weeks in a row and you may have a hint of why if you listened last week but we had too much to talk about this we'll week get, we'll get to it yeah it's John's story we'll to tell it. it is so Tim I sent you the little link about the the little link about the um, uh, the headline reads Brits call out saddest children's play park where kids can play with a log and nothing else I saw that <laughs> Is the headline? Um, I was going to say the dismal little area, which appears to be on the edge of a housing estate, is closed off with some metal fencing, and inside there's only a single log for little ones to play with. <laughs> Who needs slides in a swing set when you've got a half dead tree on the ground? A, eh? hey. and then people hey. then like people hey. started commenting on it. They thought it was a dog Jeez. park, but like it's awfully small for a dog park. <laughs> But it is well, pretty sad. We have to contact Dirk of the Movie Mixtape we'll podcast. Dirk. He can look into this for us. And someday yeah, he'll, he'll probably say that he'll probably say that in his part growing up they just had twigs and yes. sticks. They didn't <laughs> even have the dead. They didn't have, even have the dead log. It's probably the story he'll give us. There was only one member of the sub aqua team. That was a yes. <laughs> that was just a sad, gloomy housing estate to grow up on. Well, you sent me that, so you know what you're getting in return. What's that? Top seven reasons why the Brits give kids logs to play with. <laughs> All right, there we here we go. Give it to me, Tim. Okay, logs—they're easy to find in the fog. That's number one. Mm-hmm. Uh, number two, they used to give them logs and axes, but there were too many limbs lost. Uh, the number uh, are tree limbs or human limbs? Uh, I'm I, assuming you mean human limbs. Yes, I meant human. No. Okay. <laughs> Human limbs. That's a yeah, that's Human a, limbs. That's a, as opposed to tree limbs. An added confusion to the joke. There it is an added confusion to the joke. There you go. <laughs> the number three reason, because brick kids need to learn to avoid logs. The number fourth reason is to learn is supposed to learn about the class system. The wealthy kids get two logs, you get one log. <laughs> <laughs> The fifth reason. We were poor. We only had one log in our local housing estate park. The Fitzwiggle family had two. We only had one. The uh, fifth reason, if they don't break the log, the kids will get a rock to play with, too. Well, let's scratch that. That's terrible. The last reason. The last reason. Does that make sense to you? The last reason. Uh, no less than any of the other ones, but anyway. It was either a log or a life-size statue of Pete Best. But they could play Ooh. Out. So there. How many and was nobody knew who Pete Best was. <laughs> no. Sure they did. So they said, well, they had his album. They're uh, not going to know the difference. Just give them the log. 
I love to, to, to laugh on this podcast. That's really what we are. But I guess John's going to tell us about the rest of his week if he wants to now and recap what happened last week. And just give a what notation. We're not week? laughing and making fun of mental illness because we don't know what happened with this person. And even though we're just... I'm confused. What happened last week? <laughs> oh, no. But we just like to laugh on this podcast. But we're not making fun of the... Uh... No, we're not making fun, but... But it was... Uh... You tell whatever you want. You okay, want to so recap if you a didn't bit? join us, well, yeah. If you didn't join us last week, and why you're not joining yeah. us every Wednesday when we're releasing the Seti Bimco show, yes, is up. beyond me. But yes, last week we were talking about before we recorded for about three and a half hours, four hours before <laughs> I came on the air. The police were taking. Boxes and boxes of items out of my neighbor's apartment, like literally the next mm-hmm. apartment. Like I share a wall with this apartment. This is, yeah. you know, when I say neighbor, I mean neighbor. Oh, he's that. I didn't know he's that. And close. and he does suffer from schizophrenia. He told me that. Um, and we all think that he just these last few weeks he had gone off his meds. When, know, he when took up he, smoking. When did he first befriend you? By the way, since we. It's probably been about five, five, six weeks, maybe. Wow, that's about the time. That... After living here for two years. Yeah. But... And, you know, maybe maybe saying three words to him. That's the closest time to the, what happened here. Like, you were the new friend. <clears throat> I was the new friend. But we'll get to that. I was the one he called at four. I was the one he called at four o'clock this morning, that morning, because I guess I was supposed to, I don't know how I was going to help him. Mm-hmm. Because as it turns out, he was charged with murder in the second degree. Yes. And what happened was there was this uh, guy, his name's Michael, was Michael. And he was, um, I guess the term we'd use is mentally challenged. Mm-hmm. Um, he, lived in, he lived independently, but he would come into the store oh, at least three mornings a week. And he, he talked like this. He was from Oklahoma. Oh, okay. I, I found that out in his obituary. Mm. He talked like this, and why don't you have this in stock? And mm-hmm. I'm like, well, you know, with the supply issues, but I need it, and you don't have it in stock. And then one day, like one of the last times I saw him, I was bringing my little cart around, right? and I apparently was blocking his way, and he looked at me, and he said, I see some people don't have the smarts to have this job. <laughs> what? Meaning you? <sighs> he was, you life. know, I hate to speak all the day. He was a little annoying. Well, he was a little annoying. Everybody's a little annoying. Um, I don't think you're disrespectful. I'm anyone. not saying he deserved to get stabbed, no. but I could see where somebody might stab him. Okay. Um, <laughs> but yeah, unfortunately, yes. And all kidding aside, yeah. Um, what happened was that my neighbor had gone in um, in the early morning hours of the 7th of August. And I don't know if they had had an altercation. Um, you know, both were on disability. I, I'm assuming that since neither of them worked, they had a lot of time on their hands. And this is mm-hmm. a small town, maybe 30,000 people at the most. And, yeah. you know, people just come into contact regularly with each other. And... He was stabbed multiple times, which is the only official line I've heard. I, you know, of course, in a small town, the rumor mill gets starting, and I heard that he was stabbed with scissors, and I Mm -hmm. heard he was stabbed in the neck. Then I heard he was stabbed in the forehead, and I'm like thinking, hmm, I don't know about that because that skull is pretty thick. Yeah. Yeah, so I don't know if I believe that. Um, One of his eyes was missed. I mean, there's just all these graphic. Who's telling um, you this? People at work? Just people at work in town in general, because you know he was a, the, the victim was a regular customer, right? Right. And so it's like you know, and then I'm like thinking to myself, I wonder if this is how Ted Bundy's neighbor felt because like people have been stopping me. Oh yeah. For almost a week now, uh, and here, here, are you okay? I'm like, well, yeah, I'm fine now. They got him. It was the ten days between the time he murdered the guy and they actually <laughs> brought him in. But you, you didn't know, know I then. guess I wasn't. Okay. I didn't know then. Was, you know, there's that old term, ignorance is bliss. Right. <laughs> there's a lot to be said for that. So, no, apparently for 10 days I was not okay and didn't realize, <laughs> oh, no, I'm fine now. 
do you feel safe? Oh, yeah, I feel totally safe now. He's out of the Cuga County Jail. I don't have a problem now. <laughs> and you you said he he locked himself out once and came for you to help. But how could you help him if he locked himself out, by the way? Well, see, what it is 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 that what the what the uh, management company suggests is that you keep a copy of your apartment key, which is just a regular key to uh-huh. unlock a door, to keep a copy of that in your wallet. Okay. Because you can make as many copies of your apartment key as you want to. You can only have one copy of the building door, which is on the buzzer system. I see. Yeah. So he left his keys in the apartment, but he had his spare on him. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. So he could, but that had that must have been the more that must have been the next evening that he did that to me. Yeah. Well, we when I when I joked that the man in the subway had the baby doll and he couldn't hold his pants up, and I said he, he gave me that look and nod. Uh, like, yeah, you're my friend. You said, yep, those are the people that yeah, we're, come, we are, come to we you. Are, <laughs> he, we are kindred spirits, I can tell. And that's how it was with this guy. The sad, Suddenly I was going to be his yeah, best friend. I think he befriended you after he had murdered his, his other acquaintance, it seems like. It seems like, yeah. He, to, he murdered one friend, you know. We would have been friends for a while, and then who knows what would have happened to me. <laughs> well, he wasn't happy with you. We, you called the office and mentioned some things no he wasn't no luckily it was broad daylight yep yeah well so you know i just hope you know i hope he gets the help he needs i'm assuming he's probably going to be locked away in a psychiatric facility for the rest of his life Mm -hmm. i don't think i don't think they can put him in the general population of a maximum security prison partly for his safety and partly also for the safety of the corrections officers and the civil, like people like my mom, my mom worked in the prison for 31 years. Um, you know, you won't, you don't want a guy like that around civilian workers, you know, he could, he could harm them. So, Hmm. uh, you know, know. I'm assuming that, you know, he doesn't, he, I'm assuming he doesn't have any money to lawyer up. He's probably got a public defender. It'll probably be, I don't know if you'd call this a plea deal, but whatever they'd call it, I think just everything's going to be arranged. It's going to be like, yeah, just lock him away in a in a psychiatric correctional facility yeah. for the rest of his Probably. natural days. And well, so but there is a um, vacancy. If anybody uh, is looking for a place to live, um, trying to be respectful. <laughs> it's not like the murder happened in the apartment. They didn't it's film not like you? the murder happened in the apartment. Did they film you? Are you as your picture in the paper? Like. <laughs> no, unknowing no, neighbor, no, no, friend's murderer. Although, okay, but it did make Channel Nine News, the uh, local ABC oh, affiliate okay. in Syracuse, and my mother. That's the news my mother watches every night, and she's like, "Oh, it was on Channel Nine News." I'm like, "Okay, so now you believe me?" But here's the thing: so the Syracuse paper puts him in, you know, has his name of Auburn. Yes, the yes. Auburn paper. Prints his complete address with the apartment number, uh, which is only one number off from my apartment. I'm like, yeah, oh. I saw him here. That's how I, it and, was him. Yeah, and I have had, I have seen a few cars like uh, kind of slowing down for the, the, like the first couple days. Not, not lately. Yeah. It's just like you know, oh boy. But well, yes, things are awfully quiet right now, and uh, <laughs> so hopefully that's another. Thought they put you on the Another news chapter. and blow it out of proportion, like friend of friend of murderer, recent friend. friend of murder. I had no idea. Oh, you know what? I wonder if I. No, my mother would be so proud of me. She'd be like, "One of my boys got on Dateline, and he didn't, and he did, and he wasn't the suspect." Um, no, but I'm like, like I haven't told my mother about like the voicemail. Like oh, I haven't told her that. Like, did you? I tell, don't want to worry her. You know? Did you tell the police? I just said he was at, evidence. Well, I mean, I played it for him. They don't. They didn't oh. confiscate my phone. Yeah, yeah. They didn't. You know. I just wanted so, to I mean, I think they had it. I think they had it figured out already. I mean, I've kept the voicemail. Yeah. You know, nobody. It's been a week. Nobody's gotten up with me. I think he's admitted to it. Mm-hmm. Apparently, they found some of the victims' items oh, okay. in his apartment when they cleared it out. So, I think it's what they call an open and shut case. And mm-hmm. as I said, he doesn't have the money for a high-powered attorney he's gonna get a public defender probably and well and i do feel bad for the victim i was just joking about that stabbing part i was just trying to put a little levity into it but um yeah we're here to laugh so 
We are here to laugh. If you want to move on, if we, we can. can laugh, if we can laugh about <laughs> Leslie Van Houten, we can laugh about this. Uh, what, do you want to move, move on? Do you or have not? nothing to add to this week? Yeah, we'll move on. I Did I have stuff that happened to me this week? Um, did you have a neighbor murder anyone? <laughs> That would be that would be coincidental. That would oh, be yeah. coincidental. That'd be weird. Actually, your neighbor, when when the bathtub was overflowing last week, right. actually what happened was he was he was drowning Jacqueline, and his <laughs> wife. That's why he was like real quick about it. He's like, Yep, it's us. Was he like really, really quick? Like you said it was only like a second reaction yeah, time. Yeah. He was so I think what happened was I think I think <laughs> as he was I think that water was overflowing out of the bathtub as he was putting right. her head under the water. I'll bet you that's what happened. Him. Yeah, he was all wet. Had those maybe, boots on. maybe the same night that this guy was stabbing the other guy to death, yeah. Jacqueline was meeting a watery grave. Wouldn't that be coincidental? That'd be weird. We could both be on Dateline. Maybe we could be like on consecutive episodes or something. Uh, would be a great way see. to promote SETI Bimco. <laughs> it would be. Just, can I mention my podcast? News, if you get on the news, can John, I mention, mention us? My, mention can, it, please. Can I mention the podcast? Because if I can't mention the podcast, <laughs> I'm not doing it. You should go to the paper now and, and uh, my God, John, nice. go to the paper yes. say, I'm his neighbor. Don't but, you want to hear from me? Also, check the out my podcast. Yes, the neighbor's expose. <laughs> check out my podcast. The neighbor's expose. Like, so, you know, that's how our obituaries are going to start. It's going to be like, you know, John Kelly, Tim Hamilton, <laughs> co-hosts and creators of the SETI Bimco podcast. They that's broke. how that's how they're going to start. Yeah. They broke the, the Auburn <laughs> mystery. The Auburn mystery. <laughs> But I am kind of exhausted. So like today is like the first day. Tomorrow will be the first day that I don't have to go into the full time job, and this will be like the first day that that I don't have to. I do have an appointment at eight o'clock in the morning, but you know, then tomorrow will be the first day where I can just kind of like decompress and just yes. say. But really, yeah. I'm okay. I'm okay. It kind of wake me out. Yeah, I think mostly would. just knowing that I didn't know about those ten days. Right. That was kind of kind of. I mean, it was bizarre. And that just added another bizarre layer on it. But yeah, we can we can move on. All right, I will. I can only say that the, oh, this week they had city streets in New York where they block off Park Avenue to motorized traffic, and everybody can ride their bikes uh, or run. So we oh, do that okay. all the way up to 103rd Street or so. I think it went to, and then we oh wow, turn around. Well, I'm not familiar back. with that. We went. Oh, we went and ate the restaurant. Remember the restaurant that had the rats and the rafters? Yes, you went back. Went back, sat inside at the bar. The bartender was there from three years ago. You know, like a lot of people quit their jobs or lost their mm-hmm. jobs uh, through mm-hmm. the pandemic. But the same bartender was there who remembered us and so made us a drink and we ate at the bar. And this time when I looked across to the other side of the bar, what did I see running around? <laughs> Don't worry, there's no rats inside. There's just a large cockroach. So, Oh, okay. They, there's such a good restaurant. All, We're going to go back again. Rats, cockroaches. We're going back rats, again. Cockroaches. It's really good Italian food. Yeah, they're going to get out of their Michelin star now. <laughs> yes. They need one. one rats and, and cockroaches. That's at least three Michelin stars in Paris. <laughs> I'm telling you. Wow, you want to go spend some time in France if you're, you're insulting them. It is my, I've got my bucket list. I've got my bucket list. I have five items on my bucket list. When you apply, one of them is I want, when you apply I to live visit in, or live there, they're going to ask for your podcast. And they're going to listen to each episode like, meticulously. I'll be like, le sedi bimco. <laughs> I'll, do, I'll have to do a Fran, French translation and everything. It's going to be. Yeah. yeah. It's gonna That's be not a real something. word in French, I don't think. Sedi. It is now. My old studio mate has, it's like has Eddie, he married a Eddie Izzard. Eddie Eddie Izzard in his dress to kill routine, which I think is one of the funniest stand up routines of all time. Eddie Izzard dressed to kill. If you've never, I seen I don't know it, if I've seen that one. I've seen. Oh, some it's of so the shows. funny. He won. He won an Emmy for it. I think it's his oh, funniest. Maybe I saw that one, but I forget. That's... He actually beat out Cher for an Emmy, like some Ooh. Cher special. Cher was supposed to win, and Eddie Izzard won it. Uh oh. And he talks about how um, about the movie Speed in France, mm-hmm. and how if they had translated it correctly, Speed should have been La Vitesse in French, mm-hmm. but instead they called it Speed. 
So they could so it could be Le City Bimco. It could be. It could be. It could happen. My studio's mate mate who married a French woman and had a daughter. His daughter knew French and English and I don't know, she's like eight, nine or ten. And I was like, Oh, so what does Pepe Le Pew mean? She just looked at me with this blank stares. She's like, Nothing. That's not a word, you Nothing. stupid person. Actually, you stupid American. Was she smoking a cigarette at age yes. eight going <laughs> It is an animated character, you American imbecile. <laughs> you picked a movie, so I'm going to let you tell us what it is. I did pick a movie. Oh. I did pick a movie. Mm-hmm. I didn't know what I was picking, but anyway, we ready, are we ready to talk about yeah. it? Yes. Okay. Or we will talk in French accents. <laughs> we will talk in French. We will talk in cheesy French accents for the entire rest of the episode. Oyster crackers for dinner. You mean, oyster crackers <laughs> for le petit déjeuner. Actually, oh, petit déjeuner you know is breakfast, but petit déjeuner sounds funnier than. Speaking, I think petit déjeuner. Yeah, I'm sorry. No, no. Just speaking of speaking of, you mm-hmm. mentioned names at the beginning. I'm going to bleep them all out. Someone from high school. And speaking of, oh yeah, or we can just cut it. Mentally totally. challenged. Well, I'm going to. Well, I don't have to say the name to say the story. But do you remember? Oh, okay. Do you remember the movie Bill with Mr. Mickey Rooney? Yeah, playing a mentally challenged man, and these two people kind of challenged. kind of adopt him or help him out. Uh, they made us watch that in sociology class, and one of these people you yes. spoke of laughed and made yes, I know who you're talking made about. fun of the making fun of being mentally challenged like the whole time until she she was sent to the office. And I kind of liked well, that person know. up to that point. And that was when I learned. I was like, oh, you don't really know someone until you spend a social, until sociology you class with and, <laughs> Until you sit down and watch a movie with Mickey Rooney playing a mentally challenged person. Then yes. their true colors, their true come, colors out. come out. And I was like, wow, what is with that person? Anyway. What is with that person? Anyway, we can move on. What, what's this movie we're going to watch? We are going to watch a movie. You know, if anybody recalls uh, Patty Duke, Still Rocking in Brooklyn Heights. Yeah. Wonderful movie. Cindy Williams as Sue Ellen, mm-hmm. Patty Duke's arch nemesis, was going to turn the school into a mini mall yes. and open the Roger Corman studio. Studio store. <laughs> studio store. Thank you. I couldn't get that out. And thanks, <laughs> thanks to Tim, he told me, actually, they did wind up building the Roger Corman Studio store. Uh, the, uh, the, the, the assistant the assistant store manager is a gentleman who doesn't wear a belt and walks around with a baby doll all day. <laughs> um, and I found a copy of a 1958 film called The Crybaby Killer. Yes. Actually, how I had picked this movie, because you had picked just for the hell of it last time. Right. And so I just sort of Googled work of art. movies with juvenile delinquents from the 1950s because I just thought they'd be so cheesy, you know, yes. they're like portrayal. of. Mm-hmm. And The Crybaby Killer came out. And the one distinction that this film has is that it is the film debut of Jack Nicholson. Is it? It is. Okay. I thought it was Little Shop of Horrors, which was another Roger no, Corman I thought film, it was that The was Terror. His- he was in The Terror, I think. Those were like number three and number four. Oh, okay. Like I think the terror came out before Little Shop of Horrors, and actually I got to see Little Shop of Horrors, the original. This was the original non-musical version. Oh yeah. And they I talk about it. it starring Jack Nicholson. He's actually oh. in a very very small <laughs> right. part in he's, Little Shop he's, of Horrors. He's, the, he's either the dentist or the guy who likes pain. I forget. He's in that short. Yeah, story. one or the other. One or the other. Yes. yes. Um, I want to say the guy who likes pain. Yeah. So, but anyway, um, yeah, so Jack's like about 21 when he made this movie. And uh, it's called The Crybaby Killer, and it's got a really cheesy theme. All I did was listen to the cheesy theme in the beginning, and I don't think we can play it because I, Roger Corman, no, is alive today at age 96, oh, knows all and sees all. I'll try to stick it in here in a few well, seconds. I don't know. <laughs> mm. I'm telling you, Tim, like all these people, you know, who you call your friends, yeah. like Ooh. New York Times bestselling author and friend of the show, George O'Connor, yes. Natalie Kim, Adam Pittman, how they all kind of uh, 
Hillary Campbell, I think how they all got into the biz mm-hmm. was because they are all minions of Roger Corman. So we, I don't know if we can trust these people. I think they're all minions of Roger Corman. I think they're like, what is your connection? I think they're all, I, I think they're, I think they all do Roger Corman's bidding. So if they hear us playing the theme song from one of those, one of okay. his films, they'll probably turn us into him. And then that's the end of Seti Bimko. I, I have to say, and possibly, and possibly our lives. <laughs> no, listen. Out of all the crummy, the not crummy, of all the odd music we've listened to, this this music wasn't so bad. I, I remember thinking this isn't as bad as some. And you know who wrote it? I looked it up. Gerald, yes, Fried, who did the music for Mission Impossible and Gilgan's Island and Star Trek. It says yes, yeah. So yeah. that must have been an early job for him. He must have been in high school. Because it wasn't great, but it wasn't Probably. as worse as bad. It reminded me of it has had kind of like a jazzy, a kind of like a jazzy background, like yeah. you know, like boom, boom, mm-hmm. boom. It sort of reminded me. Oh, what was the movie with Tony Curtis and Burt Lancaster? Um, Spartacus. Uh, no, Burt Lancaster played a. Um, Are you thinking of uh, the sweet? Some like Sweet Smell of Success, I think, was the name of it. Oh, wait, no. What, do you, what were you going to say, Tim? Am I walking over a joke? I think I'm walking over a joke. I'm just saying, what, what you movie do you think it was, Tim? Some Like It Hot? Or were you thinking it was? No. <laughs> I think it was The Sweet Smell of Success. I okay. think that was the name of the movie. And it had a very jazzy soundtrack right. to it. And for some reason, the, the, the score of this movie reminded me of that movie a bit. It's very Jesse. Um, although I think this movie might have come out first, if I'm not mistaken. But Could anyway. Well, give us a synopsis. Could People are dying to hear about this oh. movie. Oh, sure. Well, you know, 17-year-old <laughs> Jimmy Wallace panics after he thinks he has committed manslaughter while fighting with a group of teenage hoodlums. Wallace then takes a random man and woman and the woman's infant hostage inside a food shelter outside a popular local restaurant and threatens them if they try to escape. This leads to a standoff with a police force led by the sympathetic detective, Lieutenant Porter, who tries to avoid bloodshed. (laughs) Meanwhile, an eager crowd of onlookers and a news reporter gather outside to see what will happen next. And a hot dog salesman. And the hot dogs. Oh, now you're ruining the end, Tim. Okay. Oh man, that was a really that was a really pivotal point in the plot. Well, let's get to this movie. Let's get to this movie. Um, you know, when I picked it, I was it was very very. I'm going to admit to you, it was very slow and very boring. And I'm thinking the reason what? it may have been. I'm sorry. Did you want no, to say something? No, I'm, I'm okay. Okay. Um, because uh, I'm reading the notes here, uh, Corman said that he had been abroad during pre-production while much of the script was changed by the producer. Corman returned to Hollywood two days before filming began and tried to reverse the changes, but was only partially successful. So I have a feeling that maybe this script was maybe a little more bizarre yes. than what got put on the screen and somebody cut out all the bizarre parts. Because the film's only an hour. It is. I saw that. I thought this must have been a TV special. I know, right? So, um, but I was going to say the the beginning was exciting because we'll get to it. But the rest of the movies was boring. But the beginning, at least, there was some fights. Uh, The two kids um, who I wrote their names down. Who's the gang gang leader? His name is uh, Benny. Um, Manny. Manny, he basically, just like the last movie we watched, they're fighting over a gal who's got no, mm-hmm. no, uh, as what, how do you say it? She's got no, uh, what's the word? She's, she's got no self, uh, what's the word? Self-confidence, well, self feelings of self. Yeah. She's just like, this guy's got to love me or that guy's got to love me. She's, and these two, right, these two guys, true. Jimmy and, uh, Manny, the beginning was at least exciting. It was a little bit of it was a little bit exciting, and they beat up Jimmy. Jimmy, of course, is played by Jack Nicholson. Right. And this is and they beat him up, and they they basically just leave him in an alley. And this, I, I want to say for a later reference, I, that doesn't that you don't know where this takes place. 
So I'm saying it takes place in Minnesota. That's where this movie takes place. Why Minnesota, Tim? Why Minnesota? And I like it. I like how you put the little accent on it too. Very Minnesota. convincing. Minnesota. Because I have I have Scandinavian relatives who live in Minnesota, <laughs> oh. and that's sort of how they that's sort of how they speak. Right. And for like I believe it. the Scandinavian relatives, I guess Minnesota wasn't cold enough for Sorry, them. Yes, they went to live in North Dakota. <laughs> North Dakota. Yeah. Is that how you say it? North Dakota. That's how you say it out there, North Dakota. Right. Well, I think Lawrence Welk. Oh, North that's right. Dakota. Mm-hmm. Um, what was I saying? Oh, oh, yeah, oh, oh. You, th- you thought it was in Minnesota. It, because I looked up where the most laid-back cops are. And if you noticed in this movie, these, these are some laid-back cops. That one cop was getting his coffee mug filled every time you saw him and the waitress. There was a waitress in this movie. I forget her name. She plays a big part of She was Julie. Julie, played by Lynn Cartwright, who was married to Leo Gordon, who was one of the co-writers of the script. Gotcha. Because there's nobody really famous in this except Jack. And he wasn't at the time. Although there was the, um, uh, Rick, uh, no, who was the, who was the, um, who was the, uh, uh, the news reporter? Rick Connor. Rick? Yeah, he was played by Ed Nelson, who wound up playing, um, he wound up playing Dr. Michael Rossi on oh, Peyton Place. Okay. okay. Married to Constance, who was played by Academy Award winner Dorothy McGuire, who was mother to Allison, played by Mia Farrow. Wow. Jeez. Too many facts, John. Too many facts. John's going to draw I am an idi- a diagram of I these I am facts an idiot savant. And put them on the Discord, because he rarely visits. Yes. <laughs> I do rarely. As a matter of fact, I turned off. I turned off my notifications because like things were coming in at like three o'clock in the morning, yeah, mostly from Kevin to Blast now. Oh, and I was like, "I'm sorry, guys. I got to get some sleep." Mister Blasto, what are you doing? At three three a.m. We never did find out his job. So uh, he, he he's a spy. He's a spy he for is. Roger Corman. He's a spy. He works for Roger Corman Productions. So anyway, every time they showed the waitress, she was pouring that her whole pot of coffee into that guy's mouth, and there was the cop in the. The drive-in. It was like a drive-in diner place. It was like, yeah, it was like a drive-in. You could go in and sit. Mm-hmm. And it was apparently a real bad place, but it was a coffee shop. <laughs> Again, the last movie we watched, a guy got stabbed in a coffee shop. And he knocked the girl's coffee over. And knocked the girl's coffee. Forget <laughs> about the just, owner getting his hands burned on the stove. Yes. The coffee got knocked over. That was the travesty of that scene. Just for the hell of it. Check out yeah, that movie. The, It's a work of art. Just for the hell of it. A work. A, well, a work of something. <laughs> So, uh, but do you ever notice, like, whenever there's a time to panic, whenever there's whenever there's like a panic, like the waitress's first instinct is to get out one of those trays that you put in the side of the car, get a piece of paper to line, and put a coffee cup down. That's like going to solve all the problems. Like, if there's ever a problem, she gets out the tray, puts the paper down, puts down the coffee cup, and pours a cup of coffee. That's her answer to everything. Did you notice that? Some sandwich. Like she's even she's even like sitting there and thinking. And once, like, what do I do? What do I well, do? John, and like, kind of like the light bulb goes off in her head. John, that's actually my theory. Because those cops were so laid back, but drinking so much coffee, I think she was putting downers in the coffee. Ooh, I had. And that comes that. into the plot later. But the first, it does. There's going to be a fight, and the bad guy Fonzie, the guy whose uh, name's Benny, the bad guy Fonzie. <laughs> yeah. Jimmy, the Jimmy's, bad guy Fonzie. You mean you mean Manny? Manny, Jimmy's. <laughs> Arch nemesis. He's got a gun. Arch nemesis. And he pulls it on Jack Nicholson and they scuffle and you hear two gunshots because they can't afford to show us the gunshots. And apparently right. Jack has shot two of the kids, I think. Two or three, yeah. And uh, again, he's holding a gun on the police and they just stand there and point their gun at him. That's why I say these police were half asleep through the whole movie. Even back then, if you point a gun at a police officer, I think he'd shoot you. I mean, today it's a given, but... See, okay, but, so I'm going to, okay, because I'm just came to my to mind, okay. like you're talking about Minnesota cops being laid, not, laid back. you know, being so laid back mm-hmm. and not shooting. No, that's not. George Floyd, that's George, not. George Floyd happened in Minneapolis. My Wikipedia was not up to date. No, so I don't mean, I'm not laughing about that. I'm, uh, or, I'm just saying or I'm, maybe I'm when it sorry. Comes, okay, no, here's what, I didn't think when it that. comes to, when it comes to white people, the cops in Minnesota right, are right, real right. laid back. Well, we're talking about 1950. I'm talking about 1950s Minnesota, which 
probably worse. I, I mean, I, there's no way out of this. There's no way to dig myself out of this hole. These just seem like laid back cops with the white people. Okay. Can I say we acknowledge that? Yes. There we go. That's probably what it is. These that's laid back police. Because I'll tell you what. I'm very laid back with the, the white the, people. The man he takes out, the man he takes, the man he takes hostage is an African-American. I'll tell you right now, if he was the one holding the gun, right. this would have been, this would have been a 15 minute move. Yes. Which I wish it was because as soon as Manny, there's a woman with a baby, and uh, and and, 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 and she, Jimmy pulls her into this cabin where there's a man. I don't know what he's doing cleaning plates. Or I think he's. I think it's like a like a like almost like a food kiosk or something. Yeah. You buy groceries in there. Right. He must be like running space or something. But he pulled and, her uh, in with him, so he's got two hostages and a baby. And can I say something out loud? Yeah. That couple with that baby, they look. Beyond mm. childbearing years, <laughs> I think I think they bought that back that baby on the black market. But you know <laughs> oh, what? I thought well, I mean, they like, were suspicious. Couple. She had to give the baby milk. It's like, why aren't you breastfeeding? Oh, I'm going to get to that, John. Oh my God, we're thinking on the same wavelength. <laughs> they, they stole that baby. The way I think so too, because the the, the father was like. He was upset, but he was like, "Whatever, I hope let's get this over with." He had no more lines. The father, the father is like our <laughs> age. I'm like, "Come on!" And he had no lines after the beginning of the film. I think he lost his SAG card while this was being filmed. You think? Well, you know, they could probably they could probably only afford to spend <laughs> money like on one actor a day, right. so they can only speak. Only one actor could speak each day. But I was, I was like, "Oh no!" He brought him into this cabin and this. Movies got no, uh, got no money. Yeah, and they're going to be in here for the rest of the movie, aren't they? They really. I was are. very unhappy when I realized because you don't really see much of Jack. After that, like you uh, kind of don't see a lot of Jack. It's all about the drama going on outside and the reporter and the cop. Yes. Although I do want to back up to the coffee shop. Sure. How about his? We uh, never leave it. You know, Manny has his um, ex girlfriend in there. I guess he's just broken up with her. Mm-hmm. And what is her name? Um, oh, I can't think of her name now, but she's played. She looks a lot older because she's like the one girl that he's dating now that he took from Jimmy is yes. supposed to be 16. Yes, I know. She looks a lot older than 16. <laughs> right. She looks like she went, she's like about 40. Oh, my God. No, that old. But she did look well, older. Well, she, she did look older, though. And I can't think of the, I can't think of her name. I can't yeah. think of the character's name, but I. Oh, Evelyn. Evelyn was her name. And she was played by Mitzi McCall. Okay. Who was a, uh, who was actually still alive at age 89. She turns 90 on the 9th of September. Did she keep acting? And the last thing she did was, let me see what the last thing she did was. She did an episode of Chuck, which was that. uh, Yeah. No, I can't. No, I don't. I don't see where she's really dead. Well, she did something. The world's greatest dad, Bonnie. I don't know that. No, one. No. That was from 2009. All right. Anyway. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, she was with her husband, Charlie Brill. They were in. They were in a they had a comedy duo and they called themselves McCall and Brill. OK. And uh, they yeah. appeared on the Ed Sullivan show. Mm-hmm. On the 9th of February, 1964. This is true? This is true. Is this the act where one had a balloon? And February 9th, 1964. So tens of millions of people mm-hmm. tuned in to watch, tens of millions of teenagers tuned in because to watch McCall and Brill. And then there was this other little act called The Beatles that was on that night. Really? And, you know, Paul McCartney often says... Had it not been for Mitzi McCall, the, the Beatles never would have made right. it. So luckily, everybody was tuned in that night to watch <laughs> McCall and Brill. You've woven this story Mitzi too and tight. Charlie, I can't edit it out. And, ha- and happened and just happened. And luckily <laughs> for the Beatles, they just happened to be on the show. <laughs> Somehow brought us around to the Beatles. Come on, John. No one wants to hear about the Beatles. Everybody wants to hear about the Beatles. You can never hear too much about the Beatles. Still watching that documentary. That's amazing. You think they really are going to break up? <laughs> this is, I've lost a lot of sleep over that. If the Beatles are going to break up, I don't know what I'm going to do. The fun stuff is just, they're talking about like, they're talking about shows they did when they started in Hamburg and they had the, 
they had the replacement drummer. Those Ringo was sick and they were saying he was just amazed at all the, the girls that were there and he wasn't paying attention to the drumming. He didn't, he was just watching all the girls that were showing up to see the Beatles. And anyway, you have to hear Paul McCartney anyway. tell the story. Damn it. Beatles brought this to a halt, screeching halt. Let's get back into the no, action. It was, it was, no, it's not the Beatles. It's Mitzi McCall. <laughs> Mitzi McCall. Mitzi McCall. She's, Mitzi McCall. She had a big part in this movie. She was up to stuff. She was up to stuff. We never knew what. But then KQQQ TV showed up. I don't know if you noticed the call numbers. KQQQQ. KQQQ. Yeah. <laughs> I wish he had said that once. <laughs> It would have sounded... He did say it once. Did he? Did he say KQQ? He did say it once because he thanked the sponsor because they were cutting into their regular programming. True. And KQQQ would like to thank, <laughs> I think it was a furniture store. I can't remember now, but he's like, for, you know, allotting us their time. <laughs> so, uh, as you said earlier, she won't breastfeed this baby. It's very hungry. So they have to yes, put some because it's not she's not really the mother. Really she did not mother. give birth to that baby. She did not <laughs> produce breast milk because she bought the baby on the black market. Yeah. And uh, they have to put food on a stick. And again, see, they put downers in the coffee to knock Jack Nicholson out. Milk thermos. They got it from the waitress. Exactly. It's standard procedure in Minnesota. In Minnesota. <laughs> oh. So they have this, and, and uh, they try to get it to the window, but the, the woman tries to escape, scares everybody, and they drop it, drop the bottle of milk. Yeah. And they act like, ah, yeah. there's no more milk in Minnesota. That's it. There's We're no out of ideas. That's what they acted like. We're out of ideas. We only have one cow in We only have one cow in Minnesota, and we can't milk it until the morning. <laughs> what do we do now? We're at a coffee shop. Where are we going to get more coffee? Right. Julie's here. She got pockets full of downers. Where are we going to get more downers? <laughs> and you know, Julie, she's she was just flirting with the police officer. She's like, "Yeah, my husband's dead." And he's like, "I don't have a family." Yeah, Kevin McCarthy, <laughs> you've got kids. I've got kids. Yeah, I've got kids. I didn't know you were married. My husband was killed in the car accident. I think she didn't have a husband, and she stole those babies. Also, she was a candy striper, and she was putting no dose in the you know doctor's coffee mm-hmm. downers. And that's why she wanted everybody to pass out because she wanted to get that woman out of that shack. Wait, so what? she didn't spill the beans because she was the one who kidnapped the baby right. and pocketed like $5,000. I think this is the original script Roger Corman wanted. But he, but he went sure. on vacation and only came back two days later and couldn't change it back. This was actually the original script, I'll bet. And the father of the other kid shows up. That, that Jack Nicholson shot. He tries to sneak in there and shoot him. That's our uh, yeah. He's a little drunk. bit of tension. My boy, he got my boy. He didn't sound like he was from Minnesota though. No. <laughs> so that's pretty much it. They he, they they just have this standoff. They yell at each other. Uh, everybody's upset. It's very much a movie. You know, I don't. I don't know if Corman made these movies. It's very much a movie like, hey, you kids, behave. You're yeah. uh, coming out yeah. here with your, just like the cop from the last movie. These kids coming out here with their long hair and their guns, and hair. I'm reading my lines <laughs> off the table. Well, this <laughs> is a little better than that. <laughs> I mean, I don't think I don't think that cop and just for the hell of it could have, I, he would have stumbled <laughs> over KQQQ. Sure. He couldn't have done it. KQQ. Wait, no, let me try again. KQQQ. No, wait, let me try again. He couldn't have done it. So then, oh, the hot dog salesman shows up out of nowhere. He's like, yeah, trying to 25 make cents for a red hot. That was a bargain. Back then, yeah. That was probably expensive because mm-hmm. you get to watch the. Actually, it probably was. He probably actually it was probably fifteen cents, but he saw there was some commotion going yes. on. He, he like just like slapped on twenty five cents on his little wagon there. And just, these people know. are going to watch a hostage situation with a baby. Cents. They got to be hungry. <laughs> yeah, and I'm on TV. I'll get twenty five cents. I'll get twenty five cents of red hot out of him. He's like you You're on the news. You'll be mentioning uh, Seti Bimco. Yeah, he'll be like him. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I can't believe you missed that opportunity. No, I'm sorry. I shouldn't joke about that. I 
<clears throat> no, 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 well, okay, let's be clear. No, like, there was never, like, a TV microphone in my face this whole time. <laughs> there may be. There may be yet. Although the cop did give me his card. Not the cute one I wanted to give my number to, the other one. <laughs> the, like, the, head, the right. lead detective. Anyway, so, you know. So how to so, say, you know, I got it just in case. Oh, you got it. I see yes. it. You're showing it to me. Yes, I do. No, no lipstick mm-hmm. on it, so. Mm-mm. <laughs> I got a phone number once with lipstick on it. Have you got, ever gotten that? That, uh, that was no. a thrilling night. No. Well, anyway. No. <laughs> no. You sound like you're no. T- <laughs> Is it that sad? I'm sure you got other things. Oh, I had a very sad. I'm like, sure you got other you know, things. I'm just saying. I once got a phone number with no, but seriously, as like a kid though, like as like you know, a 17, 18 year old, like I could never get anybody my age but like a lot of like older women in the neighborhood apparently like what in our neighborhood and i don't know they had some very strange like they uh yeah like they they, they, like they told my mother like years later like my mother worked at the hospital when we lived down there and my mother was pulling out our school it was like my high school graduation picture and then my younger brother kevin and kevin was like a beautiful child i mean he was just beautiful right yeah, and yeah, all the, yeah. everybody at like the nurses station. My mother was a unit clerk, and they're all oohing and on over this picture. And she's like, "Oh, they're oohing and on over Kevin." Gee, thanks, mom. <laughs> and it turns out they were oohing and on over me. Ah. And the one said, "Oh, when John walks by my house, I just have to look out the window and drool." Oh I was like, Jeez. "What?" <laughs> I was like, "What?" Did any of them say, John, was, we've got Skinamax in I here. was like, I was like 6'2", 165 pounds. How could you be drooling over me? Uh, <laughs> they, she must have had a very terrible, she must have had a very unsatisfying sex life with her husband. I'm just going to say that because nobody drooled over me. Trust me. Sorry. And why would you tell my mother that? <laughs> yeah, why would you? Why would you tell your mother? Why would you tell someone's mother? <sighs> I don't. Why would you tell someone's mother that you are having sexual fantasies about her eighteen-year-old son? Normal people don't do yeah, that, Tim. Yeah. But I'm getting off track from the crybaby killer. Although that could have been yes. a that could have been a plot twist in the that could have been a plot yeah. twist. In no, the, none uh, of those ladies like tempted you with Skinamax, huh? So uh, no. No, 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 not like your not like your girlfriend's <laughs> mother, Tim. <laughs> Oh, let's get back to this movie. <laughs> let's get back to this movie because we're almost to the end of it, aren't we? Almost. So, uh, does anything happen while they're uh, negotiating here anymore? A lot of crying, a lot of more crying. The mother gets on the microphone, son. Nothing works, and then finally at the end, the girl that he lost. Well, first the police officer um, counts. He says, "You got six hundred seconds to live." Because it was, and I, I looked at all up. Yeah. I looked up the math. I was like, he was right. I don't know why I did that. Of course, he was right. This is Roger Corman. Roger Corman knows his. Roger Corman knows his math. Yes, yeah, the police lieutenant was like, "Look what you're doing, to your mother. Look at these hot dogs she has to eat. Twenty five cents each. Twenty five cents a piece. <laughs> We're gonna lose the house." So there's a lot of that. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, so basically Julie, the ex-girlfriend, gets on the megaphone mm-hmm. and says it was all basically it was all my fault. I'm so sorry. Please forgive me. Right. And then he breaks down and he comes out and And that's that was kind of it, wasn't it? Then the police like beat the crap out. Did you just <laughs> notice that? I think off camera, that's what was happening. Is that what was happening? Okay, I must have. Even though that must have been a you, you must you must have had like a, a behind the scenes DVD <laughs> copy, like the director's cut or the outtakes. No, I didn't get that. The making of the making of Crybaby Killer. No, I didn't. It was I didn't have that one. Are we, are we done with the movie, or do you want quiz time? We done? I think we're done with the movie, aren't you? It's quiz time. I'll call it the Big Cool Study Q and A. Bring quiz time. Answer quizzes. Do you like quizzes, John? I do love quizzes. I'll call it Study Q and A. Bring quiz. The Big Cool. I love quizzes. The Big Cool. Kind of gets stuck in your head, doesn't it? Jean told me it disturbs her, and I said, John wasn't happy the first time he heard it either. That was the point. This is the point. Now I love it. Now I can't wait for it. But you know, come to think of it, I hadn't noticed. I hadn't noticed that because we just kind of been sneaking the quizzing because we've been filling up so much time with talking. Yes. Yes. Tonight we're actually we're almost on time. Kind of on schedule. There's stuff I'm cutting out. Yeah. All that stuff you talked about, uh, shit talk in France. I got to take that out so you can get over there. 
all the crappy things you said <laughs> about Spain, how much you, <laughs> you secretly vote for Trump. I got to take all that out. Take all that out, yes. man. Make America great again. <laughs> Make America great again. I think our show would be very popular if I take up, I just, I'd be the conservative, you'd be the liberal. We'll just argue the whole time about whether this movie was good for America or good for America. <laughs> bad. Or was it the downfall? This is where America went wrong. When, then we'll when get Ike and Mamie were in the White when yes. Ike and Mamie were in the White House, and they started releasing movies like this, and this is where it all went to hell in a handbasket. That's where the lizard people started. They were discovered. So who do you think would fart in an elevator, Tim? Oh well, it's too easy again with the teenagers, because we could just say, yeah, all those teenage delinquents, of course, would. Mm-hmm. But I wanted, because this takes place in Minnesota, wanted to explain. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That in Florida, you know, last week I told you Florida didn't invent the elevator until the 1980s, but this movie takes place in Minnesota, and a lot of the cops, Mm -hmm. they use the bathroom at the top of the uh, the, uh, Minnesota Sky Needle. And <laughs> I'm not familiar with the Minnesota Sky Needle. Is that still standing, yeah, Tim? Or is it something they took that, it down like, because of this? Is this something that collapsed in like 1962? <laughs> yes, they had to take it down because cops are so laid back because it's standard practice at every restaurant to put downers in the coffees and in, in the police coffee. And the police drink so much coffee. They've got a lot of bathroom emergencies. They, they get into the elevator they get on the, the top elevator of the Minnesota Sky They use Needle the bathroom, and, and they fart all the way up there. Uh, so there is no secret uh, farting in elevators in Minnesota. Okay. Am I insulting people? Little, no, little, little, little known Minnesota state history. Did you take a course on that in college? Yes, I did. I'll bet you took a course on elevators. I took Minnesota history in college. Everybody knows that. The <laughs> Minneapolis Space Needle that collapsed in 1962. <laughs> Did you have a theory? <laughs> yeah, it could be anyone. It really could be anyone, couldn't it? Don't give up, John. I, I'll go with the cops. Stay sure. With hey, that's better than any. <laughs> really, how can I top that answer? No, that's a great answer. How can I top that? Well, it's not a competition. Collapsing. It's not liberal well, against I conservative. It, I think it, it kind of is. How am I going to top a collapsing sky needle in Minneapolis? I just can't. No, I'll go with okay. that. Yeah. So who, who would end up having a podcast from this movie? It's going to be one of the women, right? Well, yeah, I'm just, it could be your story. This quiz time has no right answers. There's no prize. Yeah, I'm going to go with. Except for um, spending your hour with me. That's your only prize. Julie. Julie, the waitress, becomes, she realizes the error in her ways, feeding people downers and running. A black market baby racket, True. and she realizes the error her ways, and she repents, and she comes up with a podcast and talks about how she redeemed her evil ways. I'm going to guess there's going to be some Bible verses, a lot of praying, right. and sending her money. Did you say a lot of oh, a lot of praying? I thought you said a lot of pranks. A lot of praying, a lot of Bible <laughs> verses, and a lot of sending her money. I wish those Bible shows would do prank, like prank, prank religious phone calls. <laughs> That'd be funny. Jesus is back. He's not just kidding. <laughs> I wasn't even thinking of that. <laughs> Jesus is coming back in 20 minutes. Quick calls with your credit cards. Ah, oh, we were just kidding with you. But thanks for your credit card numbers. Join us tomorrow and praise Jesus. Uh, yeah, that'd be terrible. I'm thinking like last week, it'd be the baby. He'd grow up. Let's just say, I'm just going to say it's a he. I didn't know who it was. Call him Phil. Right. I think they did call him he. Okay. I think they did call. And there was one point the baby was crying and like for just like a brief, like two or three seconds, Uh Jack gives that like Jack look from The Shining. Mm. Did you notice that? Mm. I did not. (laughs) I didn't see that. It's when the... (laughs) He had to stop and think, and he's thinking. He's like, he told him to shut up because right. he had to think, and he's just sitting there thinking. Yes. And then the baby starts crying, and he gives like the like the real oh, evil scene. grimace yeah, that yeah. he yeah. that right. he gave in The Shining. It's like right, you know. I so next time that. I see The Shining with anyone, I'll I'll, <laughs> I'll nudge him and go, you know, he just recycled that look from the crybaby <laughs> yes. killer. Yeah, lazy, lazy work. <laughs> Oh, the spinoff. Who would have the spinoff? Well, I didn't finish my podcast. 
John. Oh, I'm sorry. Who's your pot? No. Oh, I'm sorry. The baby. Phil. Who is a he? He grew up. Uh, we have a whole podcast about, about being held hostage in the back room, and his mom never changed mm-hmm. his diaper, and it's a memory that sticks with him. She didn't feed him. She didn't change his diaper. So his, po- his podcast would be called Clean Up This Mess, inspired by that dirty diaper. It's a show where people come on, and they talk about the mm-hmm. worst messes they had to clean up. Like Paul Fusco's dermatologist came on. Now, do you know who Paul Fusco is? Oh. Yes, I do. <laughs> okay. His, his dermatologist, Dr. Bacon, he came on and explained that the elf puppet, which Paul Fusco worked, <laughs> was made of a material that caused Paul a terrible skin rash. But the show was a success, mm. and he was contracted to work with that puppet for all four seasons. And the skin of his arm was basically one big scab, uh, mm. pus, pus oozing. And uh, this doctor had that big mess of uh, Paul's arm because of the material that Alf was made of. I think that we're going to have to put a disclaimer before this segment that what? do not, not to be eating <laughs> before the SETI BIMCO quiz this time around. <laughs> it wasn't that bad. And you knew who that was? Why did you know? Did you watch Elf? <laughs> I'm an idiot. I'm an idiot. So, no, you know what? No, I don't think I ever watched I Elf. Either. I'm just, I'm telling you, I'm an idiot savant. I don't know why I know these but, things, but, Tim. But I just you know hear what? things I went, once. I went down an Elf, <laughs> elf uh, wormhole. I want to read about the making of the show because it was a nightmare for everybody. Because, you know, the, the puppet was the main character. He got the funny lines. And it was mm-hmm. it took 20 hours to film an episode because of moving the puppet around. Right. And it was like a nightmare. The main right. the main guy was named Wexley Wexter. He just when they shot the Something last scene, like he walked out the door and left. He didn't say goodbye. He didn't stick around for a party. Anyway, yeah, he he signed a syndication deal. That's all he cared about, and he's like, I, I guess it was a nightmare. Yeah, that must have been. Oh, I'm sure it was. Oh, but John, mm-hmm. we're going long. But listen, he had another guest, Phil, on his Clean Up This Mess podcast. It was the woman. It was called in to clean up Vivian Vance's messes. So one time, Vivian yes. Vivian borrowed her husband's Rolls Royce and went out on the town. Mm. She came home the next day, and she had no idea where her Rolls Royce was. And she called in her woman. Her name is, we'll call her Tammy. She cleans up Vivian's uh, messes. She called her in, said, you got to find my husband's Rolls Royce. I don't know where it is. And, and she found it. She brought it home. And she looked the car over. The only thing she found was... In the trunk, there was a dead pigeon wearing a little top hat and a little monocle. And that's all oh. That's all she found in the car. So she's like, what did Vivian do? Where has she been? I got to keep checking the car before her husband finds out something happened. And, uh, you know, she became pathological about it, checking the car every day, because that's all she ever found was that little pigeon dressed up in a top hat and a monocle. She lost her job. She couldn't work or sleep anymore because mm. that freaked her out. She, well, she didn't know, know what Vivian Vance had done that night. Viv fed the pigeon Coke. Come on. Okay. Well, where were you to help Tammy? Everybody, Tammy, come on the show. Every, everybody knows. Everybody everybody knew. I want to see if, Desi if Tammy's still alive. Keep Viv, keep, keep Viv away from the Coke. <laughs> Vivian's fixing. Yeah, she's like, 100, she's like 108 and doesn't remember her name. Yeah, she'll come. be a great guest, Tim. Let's get her on. <laughs> All right. Then which character would have a spinoff show or characters? Uh, the parents of Jimmy, he goes off to prison. They adopt another, they adopt another child, a fresh start. They're going to have, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're not going to make the same mistakes they make made with Jimmy. Right. They make the same mistakes they have with Jimmy. This <laughs> series finale is they're standing outside a coffee shop while oh, the no. adopted kid is holding a black man, a, a woman, <laughs> And her stolen baby hostage. It's called Cry Baby Cry 2. It's like, it's like <laughs> Cry Baby, Cry Baby, the Cry Baby Killer still crying in Minneapolis. Still crying? No, in Minnesota. Still crying in Minnesota. <laughs> That's a good one. And, and, uh, thank you. And, yeah, yeah, tragic ending. Tragic ending. We need less tragic endings. And B. Arthur, B. Arthur defeats everyone, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Are you trying to cut off my story? 
I have a story. No, oh, you have a story? You have another story? Well, the two, okay, the two sure. characters that have a spinoff. I mean, was, it wasn't Waitress, the, waitress, enough. the waitress would have a spinoff, a drama. She had a lot to yes. say, and she was thinking about a lot of stuff in this movie. Uh, you know, she right. said her husband died in a car crash, but I think she never had a husband. She was a person who mm-hmm. stole some kids from the hospital. Mm-hmm. She was a candy striper. Uh, and in her spinoff, mm-hmm. it's the early 60s, there's the British invasion, and she constantly writes articles about how the kinks are better than the Beatles. And her kids. Oh, okay. Her kids like the monkeys, and she's she's very, like, sullen about this. Right. And the name of the show is Coffee and Downers. Could be. I don't have a name yet. Uh, well, but she had a, her, her, catch, her catchphrase was telling the kids that it was going to be oyster crackers for dinner because they like the monkeys. There's a she lot of wait. Say. There's a lot of drama around acquiring and sneaking downers into the coffee she gave the cops, uh, and, and that was that's that's what the drama was about. There you go. Okay. Oh. Dedicating, dedicate yourself to the character. Learning from if you could find Kim. a down, if you could find a downer <laughs> that was the shape of an oyster cracker, uh-huh. yeah, you just mix them all up and like put them in a chowder or something. We could, we could, but then the show <laughs> would be chowder and downers, and nobody would tune into that. No, no coffee and downers—that's a better title. People tuned into BJ and the Bear, and I was, even as a kid, I'm like, what, what, what? Oh, I had a friend in, in, in Number one. Catholic school. He he loved it. He uh, he was into uh, BJ and the Bear. I couldn't get into it. And then there was Nobody. like a spinoff series, Sheriff Lobo, yeah. and he was into that. And I was like, dude, I can't get get into BJ and the Bear. How the hell am I going to get into the spinoff show of a show I'm not into? Dude, I can't be. It makes I can't no be sense. Friends with it you. makes no sense. Like, why do you think I would like this show, <laughs> which is spun off from a show I also do not like? <laughs> That nobody likes. We were. A kid, I remember being a kid at my friend's house, and his like mother or aunt. She was like, "Quiet, BJ the Bear's on. Gonna watch this show." <laughs> and we couldn't hold it together. We kept making fun of the show until she kicked us out of the house. She probably and had it was, the hots for Greg Evigan. And it was winter. It was cold out. That's what it was like when I was a kid. She kicked us out of the house. It was like. Zero degrees. Oh, they didn't care. No one knew where we were. They didn't care. They'd throw us out. They'd throw us out. They're like, can you still see the thermometer? In, or can you still <laughs> see the mercury in the thermometer? You'll be fine. Go play with that pedophile in the corner. Get out of my hair. Yeah. He's just a nuisance. Because, <laughs> yeah. of course, we've already established pedophiles were just nuisances. That's the funniest thing you said on that show. <laughs> Killer. They're pedophiles, they're just a nuisance when you were kids. They're just no a nuisance. No one took them seriously. <laughs> <laughs> no, we take them seriously. They were just—they were just annoying more than anything else. <laughs> we we have done that. What are we going to talk? What, oh, oh, what are we going to do next? Week? Oh, I picked a movie. I picked. Uh, uh, <laughs> what did I pick? Yes, you. What did you pick? Oh, and did uh, I get a letter? Wait, John, it? did we get letters? Everybody's. Did we get a letter? Things are flying out of control. Oh, oh my God! There's no letter. Spinning a. Thank goodness nobody has a gun. But I sent you the movie, which was... Because oh, we're, we're, Minis- we're not in Minnesota. Minnesota. You, we're not in Minnesota anymore. Uh, you did send it to me, and it is a... Um, oh, The Girls of 74? The Class of 74. The, that's what it was. And yes. you know what, John? There are two movies called The Class... No, this is a TV show. But there's a movie called The Class of 74 that I accidentally got to. You know what it was? Mm-hmm. Porn? Another soft porn. That, yes, that's exactly what it was. It's We're like, not I'm not making that, that mistake we? again. No, I sent you the right link. I'm not making that. This is a teenage yeah. uh, a pilot for like a teenage soap opera with teachers. Oh, okay. And they're talking about it's like censorship. When, when I, it's like when I, it's it, like when I reconnected with you a few years back, and mm-hmm. I was googling you, and I accidentally hit the Tim Hamilton, who is the Eastern porn, European yes. gay porn star. I was like, <laughs> ooh, you know, you don't make that mistake twice. <laughs> Wrong, Tim Hamilton. Let me back out of here. <laughs> So, uh, yes, and, and that's, that's and also next week, and also next week you can talk about Corey and Clint, the Brooks brothers, because oh, yes. tomorrow they go down to oh, yes. they go down to see the uh, Rings of Power premiere. Right. Um, this... I gave Corey a suit jacket. I thought he'd look good in. Okay. And uh, well, I lent him a yes. suit. I hope he knows I just lent it to him. But anyway, um, <laughs> and yeah, so and he, he, they think it's at Radio City Music Hall. I was like, well, okay. maybe you better you better check. Just double check that. And I did. I did highly recommend 
because they're like, well, we're going to try to drive in the city. I'm like, no. <laughs> yeah. uh, so I, I, so what they're going to do is they're going to drive to Poughkeepsie yes, do that. and get the Metro North into Grand Central. I said, trust me. And if your tire's flat and there's a man standing there saying, hey, your tire's flat, I'll help you. Want me to help you? Yeah. I'll help you. Yeah, he's Roll probably the one who flattened it. I'll help you. That's what happened yeah. to me. Yeah. <laughs> like, no. Oh, I believe it. Because he's probably away. the guy who flattened it. Well, he wouldn't go away. He's like, just roll your window down. I'll help you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> What's wrong? <laughs> Why are you pretending? Even more aggressive than the squeegee guys. <laughs> Why are you pretending to call on the phone? Cell phones haven't been invented yet. What are you doing? This was back. This was like 90. They had been invented, but I, I didn't own a cell phone. Anyway, we'll try to get out of here. You can email us yes. to email us if you have a story to share. Or you just want to talk to us or Dirk uh, Feelgood wants to call back. I've been calling his show because I had a great Lord of the Rings story to tell him, but I'm not going to tell it here. Uh, oh, email yeah. us. Seti, Seti, uh, Seti Bimco with an E at Gmail. We're Seti underscore Bimco on Instagram. And we are at Seti Bim on Twitter. I do that all yeah, right this time because you're always correcting me. You did you did great this time, and yeah, because maybe Dirk will tell us about the um, the log the, about the log in, in his in his childhood. Park. We want to know about the logs. We want to know about your log. Well, he's a doctor. He that's, he's that's got sad. three logs in his community playground where he lives. Oh, that's right. <laughs> that's right. The Pete Best Memorial Park, <laughs> probably in Liver in Liverpool. The Pete Best Memorial park has three logs in it that is true hooray so we'll see you next week um all right tim you have a great week talk to you next week yeah yeah bye seti bingo is a podcast by tim hamilton and john kelly produced by miss lee music by tim hamilton this has been a pity party line production party line it's a party line